Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shamelot. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listening today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by Katie Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate. 601-408-9980, something to show, something to list, something to sell. If you've got a house, if you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to sell a house, hit up Katie. Uh, we all know her very well, some of us better than others. To the Top Talk, we're here with your break from all the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops, tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, guys. Um, good to be back. I don't know how we're going to top last week's episode, but uh, <clears throat> let's give it a go. And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Light. You know, I've made some questionable decisions on this show over the time that we've been together, but I've never given my wife's telephone number out to the audience at large. Uh, did you just open that with a squeaky toy? Was it a little squeaky? I got my headphones on. The sound okay. doesn't come in these, <laughs> just what I'm supposed to hear. And uh, so we got a special guest tonight. You guys may know him. He is the – I don't know what's the proper term to call him without offending – uh, the the, vo- the the voice of the Golden Eagles, but but you will see this gentleman on ESPN Plus covering Southern Miss athletics this year. You've seen him before. You know him. You love him, except for one of the Southern Miss fans, Jason <laughs> Baker. Yeah, other than that one one mean tweet, uh, but no, guys, so glad to be back with you guys and uh, talking some Southern Miss sports. And uh, man, it's the 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 cusp that we're on uh, starting a new athletic season just. Uh, over the top, couldn't, couldn't be happier uh, to be here tonight with To The Top Talk. And you guys, so we're doing something a little different this season. If you would like to sponsor an episode of To The Top Talk, you can now do that. So go to tothetoptalk.com, click on the link that says sponsor an episode of To The Top Talk. Uh, your, the episode will be To The Top Talk presented by, and then bam, whatever. You know, it, it has to be approved, So there's there, but we're pretty, we're pretty open-minded, so – Get creative, get on there, sponsor an episode. We're uh, we'll be here every week. If you've got a lady whose phone number you want to advertise to, just any random person out there that may listen to this podcast, it's uh, available you might as to well. you. Yeah, you might That's as well. Katie Bailey, wife <laughs> of Jason Bailey. Also, her phone's blowing up like all night long, all week long, all month long. Blow it up. Realtor Extraordinaire six zero one four zero eight nine nine eight. Oh, all right. So, uh, and yeah, so it's going to be tough to top last week's episode, the legendary linebackers roundtable. If you did not listen to that episode, we are going to hunt, not us. TJ is going to hunt you down and beat you with a hammer. Like you have got <laughs> to listen to that. That episode was probably the best like Southern Miss podcast episode in the history of podcast. I mean, it was really, it was a treat just to be to sitting here witnessing everything that was going on that night. 
I still don't know where TJ broadcasts from. I think it's classified information, but knowing that <laughs> I'm where I am and not knowing where he was, I was still terrified. <laughs> and we've got it. If you go on YouTube and you look up the legendary linebackers round table, I put the video from that interview up on YouTube. If you want to see the video action, but the, the audio is uh, on, on the podcast as well, wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right. So let's talk a little Southern Miss news. So we didn't touch on this last week we did with, with everything going on, but definitely want to mention former Golden Eagle, head coach, assistant coach, uh, catcher, Corky Palmer passed away. Um, I know we had, uh, you know, friend of the show, Trey Sutton was, was talking about, you know, what Corky meant to him. I know he went to the service, but what are you guys thoughts on uh, Corky Palmer? Bake, I'll let you start off with us. Just an absolute legend. Um, the first broadcast I ever did for Southern Miss uh, Athletics, I was put on a bus by John Cox with uh, Corky Palmer's lead team and went and called a baseball game. And uh, back then, uh, my professionalism wasn't quite what it is today, I wouldn't think. And I was in uh, some sandals and a pair of uh, khaki shorts and uh, a Southern Miss polo that I had bought at the bookstore with some uh, student loan money on my way into University of Southern Mississippi, and the rest was history uh, outside of the sandals and shorts. I don't think I've ever worn them uh, again to another broadcast. And uh, Corky Palmer actually taught me something that day about, you know, dress for the job that you you, you want, not for the one that you have. And um, just really cool. Uh, I've enjoyed over the years getting to call Corky a friend and call games for him and enjoy special moments with him. And, um, you know, to see from the inside the way that he was with his players was never a player's coach, but the ones that played for him would run through a brick wall for him. And that to me is like really cool because he was so difficult and hard. But then at the end you found out why, because he loved and desired that greatness and, um, he he had a plan and a vision for this program, and what is it gives me chills to think about it. He saw it through, fellas. Like he saw it through in that season in 2009. But yep. then also, I think he's still seeing it through today. Uh, you, you know, as he was on this earth and watched the success that Scott Barry took on after him, and and has continued. And to me, that's special. And like Corky Palmer's one of those people changed my life, uh, literally uh, from a broadcasting realm of teaching me like, hey, this is this is how we dress. This is how we're going to be, you know, and, and that was him to a T. He cared about people like me that were going to talk about his program. He wanted me to to talk about it in the most professional manner. And uh, thankfully enough, he thought I, I did a good enough job to warrant any time J.C. or back then Lance Pittman. Um, wasn't on the call. I, I got to step in and, and Corky was always so gracious. And, and for that, I'll be forever grateful. Yeah, uh, I'm going to jump in real quick. And um, so my quick Corky story, I uh, after junior college, I had a little surgery and <clears throat> anyway, um, sat out a whole year uh, rehabbing. And then next year, I, I decided to go off the baseball team. <clears throat> Corky ended up giving me a shot. Uh, I was the only walk on that ended up making the team and, um, that'd have been 99. And I still remember the day that, um, that he made the announcement because mostly it was, you know, Corky was down in the bullpen most of the time, but most of his interactions with me were just, you know, damn Bailey, get your ass out of that frat house. You might be a ball player. 
type of stuff. Um, <laughs> so he was not wrong. <laughs> but uh, I, I still remember the day that he kind of uh, that he made it official that I was going to make the team. It was before we were leaving for Christmas break. And uh, he got everybody up in left field like he always did. And, you know, he did one of his speeches that could go on forever. Um, at the very end of it, he's like, you know, I want everybody to to uh, there's going to be a, there's going to be a guy that's going to stick around with us a little bit longer than 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 you might have thought. He's going to be with us for the rest of the year. And, you know, and he, he announced me and everybody, you know, kind of dogpiled me a little bit and all that. But so he gave me my shot to put on the black and gold. It was just always a lifelong dream of mine. So uh, who knows? Right place, right time. And um, I'll never forget him uh, for doing that. How how fitting that he got to go out on a College World Series trip, though. I mean, that's he deserved it. He absolutely deserved it, and uh, that just that that was the culmination of of a legendary Southern Miss career. And you got to find somewhere for Palmer to enter the mix of names over there on the other side of Fourth Street. Absolutely. Some other Southern Miss baseball related news. Christopher, uh, Christopher Ostrander named the assistant coach of the year by D1 Baseball. Not really really a surprise to anyone here and, and well-deserved. Yeah, I didn't need a website to let me know that Christian Ostrander is the top uh, assistant <laughs> in Division One baseball. I was just kind of hoping to keep that secret amongst ourselves in Hattiesburg. But, uh, guys, he's, he's as good as there are in this game right now, and the proof's in the pudding if you want to challenge that. Go look at the numbers over the last couple of years with his pitching staff and you know, Oz just cut from that same kind of cloth, like mentioning Corky and Scott Berry and those guys. Man, he's he's a baseball lifer. He's a guy that uh, can can talk it up with the best of them. But what I love is um, any any chance I get to visit with him, it's it's more than just baseball. And you can tell that he's impacting these kids in that manner. And um, you know, I think he's making them you know better men, and and also he's making them really really good baseball players. Uh, all alongside of that as well. What kind of dirt does Scott Barry have on Christian Ostrander? Because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very glad he's still here. Uh, but I, I honestly, after last season, expected somebody to hire him away. And some folks made some runs at him. Uh, you know, some some people that can throw some serious coin around, too. So uh, I, I don't know why. He turned all that down, but I'm glad he did. I'm glad he's still in the black and gold, and uh, I hope he's here for as long as he wants to be here. Well, a lot of people think, try that. You know? be... A lot of people try leaving, yeah. and uh, doesn't really, the grass is not always greener. And when, so, so how many head coaches of Southern Miss? Is this the? Is this our fourth head coach? Is Scott Barry the fourth one? That's it. Yep. Hill Denton, so, Pete Taylor, know, and Corky and Scott. That's correct. Right. That's incredible. And all signs point to Oz being the heir apparent. So that's one reason to definitely stick around. But I'm with you, Shane. Um, you start getting that kind of money thrown around. I'm not sure if uh, our title sponsor of this show would have allowed me to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think it should be noted, you know, I, I get the nature of college athletics today in these uh, more affluent schools with more money think they can swoop in here at any time and, and snatch talent out of here. Right. And um you know, fighting that off becomes a, a problem for the athletic administrators. But there's something to be said sometimes for these guys that are, are happy and, and perfectly thankful. And look, 
you know, reaching the pinnacle of the college baseball world is not out of the, the realm of possibility for Southern Miss baseball. And, you know, that's ultimately what their goal is, is to win a national championship. And um, look, I mean, look, look at the team that knocked us out of the Super Regional and look at what happened to them. Right. They get hot. They could win. That can happen here. It can happen here. One hundred percent here. And I think Christian Ostrander's a smart enough guy and, and, a, and a forward thinking guy that he understands that. And so, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, well, the money will come in here and woo him away. Well. Um, you know, I know that Oz's parents are here. Um, I know that he cares dearly to be close to them as well. And uh, he's got a wife here that loves what she does. And um, look, we know Hattiesburg's an awesome place to live. And this is an awesome setup. There's probably not, what, a handful of jobs that you might would put above the, the pitching coach at Southern Miss in the country. And so sometimes, like, you know, when people just, oh, well, we're going to lose him. I always remind people, don't sell yourself short, man. Like, you know, Christian Ostrander may absolutely love where he's at. And I believe he does. And I think he loves the man that he's working for and the administration that they're working for that obviously has a baseball minded um, mindset. And so, you know, I know, you know, what the big bads of the college, the blue bloods of college athletics just think they can just swoop in here at any time, cut a check and snap some guys out. And maybe they can. Maybe that's, you know. But there's there's different people out there in the world of college athletics that sometimes think a little quite differently than that. And, um, you know, I love this guy dearly. But look at Chad Kaye. Right. He got swooped out of here. But here yeah. he is hired. And uh, I think there's something to be said for getting close and near and dear to your family. And, you know, Chad Kaye's family loved Hattiesburg so much they stayed here and waited on him to retire. So that's there's something to be said for these guys that. um that are enjoying it in, in this program has had much success and is going to continue to have success. We're not going anywhere on the baseball diamond and uh, anytime soon for that matter. So I think it's funny, Shane, you know, cause that's, that's the fear. I, and I get it from Southern Miss fans all the time. Cause I think they've seen it happen, right? Fedora it's happened. Munkin it's happened, right? Guys like that. It just kind of happens. But, you know, I remind you, Jeff Bauer stayed here and, and is well respected throughout the world of college football because he chose to stay here for a long period of time. Porky Palmer the same way. And look at the way people talk about Scott Barry. And I think Scott's had several chances to, to leave, but has said, you know what? I love what I do. I love where I'm at and I love who we do it for and, and the fan base that we do it for. And I, I think there's something to be said for that. And I, I know I've asked Oz and I, I know he would echo that. Like, look, man, I, I love who I work for and this program and we can reach the pinnacle here. They believe that. And I mean, frankly, so do I. I, I felt we were, a, I didn't think there were four teams in the country better than us at any one point in time last year on the baseball field. How many programs get to say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just ran into those guys at the wrong time. <laughs> well, 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 you know, Ole Miss. Just, yeah got hot like we did on the 16 game streak we just did it yeah. earlier you know it's kind of the same thing but but i think what we're saying here is oz definitely gets the fat head next year <laughs> <laughs> maybe just the maybe. wizard of oz just the i don't know like the the wizard the actual wizard <laughs> well that's not up to us but uh no. we know who to log that recommendation with that's what I'm doing. I'm just recommending. Other Southern Miss news that uh, actually happened today. The Las Vegas Raiders traded former Golden Eagle quarterback Nick Mullins 
to the Minnesota Vikings for a conditional seventh round pick. The Vikings having some depth at quarterback issues and particularly at the number two spot. So um, it's expected for Nick to come in right away and compete for that number two spot in uh, Minnesota. So really could be a great fit for Nick. I thought he was outperforming Stidham so far uh, in the preseason anyway, but uh, who knows? I mean, Nick, yeah, he's a journeyman and it uh, looks like he's, he's, he's smart enough. He's got good enough arm. Uh, and he's just, just savvy enough to stick around this league for quite a while. And it's a quarterback driven league. It's, you have to have a backup that you can depend on. So good for Nick. Um, glad he can get there at least a little, what's it? Two weeks, four season, three weeks, four season. He's got a little bit of time to kind of step in there and learn things. So if anybody can do it, Nick can do it. And uh, Best job on the planet. Absolute <laughs> number one job in my book. Backup NFL quarterback. That's <laughs> true. Sign me up. So we got a little taste this weekend. Well, some of us uh, some of us have been to practice uh, a little bit uh, this offseason, but FanFest was this past Saturday at The Rock. They had a scrimmage there. On the field, followed by some games on the field for some kids, and then Joe Paul and Will Hall. That sounds Paul and Hall. Hall and Paul spoke in the That's touchdown okay. club after that. So, uh, Jason, I know you were there. Jason's. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts on the uh, on the, the way that FanFest was held uh, this past Saturday? Big. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm getting encouraged. Um, I, I thought it was some of the best offensive football that I've seen at fall camp from them so far. Um, so I, I I think there's progress to be made there, and I I do think it's a team that's making steps in the right direction offensively. Um, there are some some elements to the offense that I'm very encouraged by. The wide receiving group is very deep. Um, I think in uh, really and truly like leveling deep. And what I mean by that is I don't I don't think there's great significance between the top receiver to, let's say, number 10 or 11 uh, in the core group of receivers. I really think the talent level is um, very tight, if you will. Um, and I also believe that to be of the running backs. And so um, that really gets me encouraged because I feel if, the skill guys can make some things happen. Will alleviate a lot of pressure on tight keys and maybe even the offensive line, even to where they can gel. And so um, that sort of is what I saw Saturday in the early portion of the scrimmage where the offense seemed to kind of click all of a sudden. And, and I think some of that was, you know, we got it in the right guy's hands. Jacarius Caston's going to be a stud mm-hmm. and uh, we got the ball in his hands. And then we had some success running the football and, and some success catching it out of the backfield. And um, I think that's a that can be a strong element for this team as well um, is is their backs are very uh, versatile in terms of what they want to do. And what I sort of like that Will Hall has done is he sort of got a whole stable of like complementary bodies. It's they're not all the same body type where you look like you've got, you know, five running backs and they're all five, nine, one eighty and scat backs. I mean, you've kind of got some bruisers and you got versatile guys that are every day on backs. And then, then you kind of got the, the smorgasbord, uh, if you will, of the, the two of those backs. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, that, that was my thoughts from, from Saturday was the progress that I was hoping that I continue to see, uh, when I get to go to practice, um, seems like it's happening and it, it showed itself on Saturday morning. 
the three things that I like to look at in really good football teams are always pass rush, quarterback, and coach. I think most good teams have all three of those. And I think we got two of them. And, you know, I'm still – we still just haven't seen it with the quarterback play yet, right? Uh, I like our guys. Now, I mean, Tyke is just the sky's the limit. And I like Wilkie throws one of the prettiest balls out there. I mean, you got Trey Lowe. I even like I, – I like Lang. So, you know, we, we've we've got some – some some guys there, but you know we just we hadn't seen it yet. They aren't proven. O line is obviously better, but they're not proven. So, but I mean, still having two of the three uh, is is a place to start. And just skill position wise, um, now Big mentioned the running back room and the wide receivers. Uh, so, you got a lot of a lot of good things going on. But you know, until we get proven play out of the quarterback, um, you know, we'll we'll see where we are. Um, the practices that I've been to, the defense, I thought outplayed the offense. That being said, I mean, like Coach always says, the, the quarterback's not live. That's at least like 50% of Ty Key's game. I think the defense usually knows the call. So if they're really good and they have all those advantages, obviously they're going to be a little bit ahead of the offense. But that's good for the offense, too. To go to up, go up against a defense like that, where it's hard to do anything, and if you get into a game and all of a sudden, like, holy crap, that guy's wide open, <laughs> you know. So it's just that time of the year. We're all ready to see us play somebody else, um, and we're going to get a chance to do that here shortly. The official release didn't have, you know, a statistical breakdown, but they did have the, you know, the Tykees kind of started off with a with a few big plays. Had a 65-yard touchdown pass to Caston. Uh, came back the next series, had a 66-yard gain to, to Janari Dean, um, and then connected on another pass that went for a 75-yard score to to Caston again. So, and this was without Brownlee on the field. And we'll get into the wide receivers and talk about that. But I mean, you know, that that opens up a whole other can of worms for the offense. So, um, something else I thought that was cool, the non-football related. Well, kind of football related because it is football season. But they had the new yard signs and. Um, they have a little extension in the yard signs. Of course, it's a buckle-up yard sign, but they have a little extension on the top that you can put in that has the schedule. So I thought that was kind of cool. That was kind of a cool little addition there. I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, I've got mine out in my front yard right now, and it just uh, has a little something extra, a little lanyap, if you will. Mow the grass so people can see it. Well, I tell you this. It's the first time in quite a while, I don't know about you all, that I've actually wanted to advertise the schedule, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I mean, this, this, this Sunbelt thing, man, we're all on board with it. Um, so I'm so glad I didn't get to look at our schedule and see a UTSA or freaking UTEP or anybody down in, you know, South Florida. Just love it. Just think, man, 10 years ago, we would have had a, a conniption fit with that schedule. If they're like, ah, oh, non-conference, True. we're going to have Liberty, but so much has changed. Mm-hmm. So much has changed. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit. We've got we've got Baker here. He's been to a few practices. He's going to be covering the Golden Eagles this year. Let, let's talk a little bit about about the team breakdown and kind of what he sees. And, and uh, Baker, give us your thoughts on the the quarterback situation right now. Yeah, you know, let's let's see how I want to say this. I think Ty Keys has the potential to be the guy that we all, and I say we. Um, people that are pulling for the Golden Eagles and then people that are pulling for this program um, want him to be. But we got to remember and keep in mind, it'll be his fifth collegiate game when we open up against Liberty. 
So he is very green. He is very inexperienced. But if you'll go back and pull some film from the Bama game, the Rice game, um, even, even in the second half against Grambling State, and you understand the circumstances, meaning he was under a lot of pressure and duration last year just due to the offensive line issues, you can see what, what is being said about him. You can see the glimpses. You can see the athleticism. You can see the ability to fit the ball into tight windows. But mind you, you know, it is his fifth collegiate game. And, you know, I'm going to have a, a quarterback this year in the booth with me. And uh, I've asked him, you know, how good were you at game number five? And, of course, that's, you know, not very good. So, you know, we need to keep that in mind. Now, um, the beauty, I think, that that the quarterback situation has become is I think they hit on Zach Wilkie. Uh, I think he's a freshman that's going to be able to come in here and really watch and learn. Um, I've not asked Will Hall this, but Wilkie's got to remind Will Hall a little bit of himself. And he's got to play a little bit like Will Hall, I would think. They're similar in stature, similar in uh, arm talent, can really spin it. I covered Will Hall, so I watched him in junior college spin the football. So he kind of gets where I'm going with that. And I think Wilkie's going to remind him a lot of that. He's kind of got a little moxie about him. And, um, you know, he's going to be a little different type person um, than Ty Keys. He's a little more demonstrative. Ty Keys is a little quieter. Um, and, and he's not a – he's he, Zach Wilkie's never met a throw he didn't think he could make. And um, sometimes I like that in quarterbacks too. Hey, Vic. Yep. C- compare Ty Keys at this time this year versus Ty Keys at this time last year. Much, much improved. And I will say this bump. It's much improved in not necessarily just football related items, vocal, vocal leadership, um, his body language, even after mistakes. Um, Things that maybe you're not going to measure just in a box score, right? Um, he's, he has much improved in that. You know, the other part that everyone needs to keep a caveat is Ty Keys played in a state championship in high school in baseball. So he didn't get here last year mm-hmm. until late in the summer, the second portion of summer. So really, like when you say green behind the ears as a freshman, Last year, that's really what we meant because he just kind of rolled into late summer session into fall camp. And then, of course, Grambling State was what, game three last year, I think, maybe. And then he was thrust into action. Right. Or or game two, actually, South Alabama, then I think home to, to Grambling State. So he was by game two. Will Hall thought enough of him to put him in there. So that tells me there's a lot of confidence in in that ability. And they just got to kind of see him through it. And so. Bump, I would tell you his arm talent is his arm talent and his running ability is his running ability. I don't know, you know, just truly how much he'll improve those items as much as I'm seeing his leadership, his communication, um, having the con- because what you watch for, at least this is what I do. You watch when they make a mistake and how he communicates to his receiver coming back to the huddle or even when he turns around and associates and talks with Coach uh, Will Hall, who's coaching quarterbacks. And and you can just see the body language is different. He's a lot more confident. He's receptive, right? He wasn't non-receptive last year. I don't want you to think that. It's just there's an openness. He understands. 
Um, you know, and I, I heard Will Hall, I don't know where, but he said this, and, and there's a lot to be said for this, and I believe it to be true. The pressure that that kid was put underneath in high school was no greater than the pressure that he's facing right now as a Southern Miss quarterback, period. Like, that when you're a superhero in Taylorsville, Mississippi, and this daunted type quarterback coming in the lineage of Jason Campbell out of Taylorsville High School, that's pressure. You know, right now sure. trying to battle out Zach Wilkie and win this job, and he's done that, and, and to lead the Southern Miss team, man, honestly, and I believe this when Will Hall says it, he, that's that's not much more pressure than what that kid faced in high school, you know. I think the reward's greater. Um, I'll, I'll say that. I think, you know, monetarily, whether it's a pro career or, you know, a conference, you know, championship in the Sun Belt, whatever that, that token may be, whatever he gets us there, um, the reward might be greater than what, what happened at Taylorsville, but I don't think the pressure is any greater on him right now. And NIL with uh, Salvage World. But that could be a little bit more lucrative than uh, winning right. games at Taylorsville. Unlimited getting, I would imagine if we could do it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the running back position. So we've got some familiar faces, you know, Frank Gore Jr., Dejan Richard, and we've got some some new faces that could make an impact right away in Janari Dean and Kenyon Clay. You can circle Janari Dean's name, put a highlight by it, whatever you want to do, mark this podcast, save it for later. Dude is a stud, fellas. Um, maybe one of the best running backs I've seen here in a long time. Um, I don't want to make a comparison because I don't – yeah, we just – we'll just wait and see. But he's – He's the real deal, guys. That's the that's what college running back body types look like. And he's a guy to me that can develop into an every down back. Um, you saw it. He caught the pass 68 yards Saturday in Fan Fest, bumped off a linebacker, gave a stiff arm, got to the second level and, and took off. And um, that's that's who he is. He's that explosive, a humble kid. He was a cornerback for Mississippi State. He hails from Batesville, Mississippi, where they happen to know a thing or two about high school football in the University of South Panola. Um, amazing kid. He has some amazing stories that I'll, I'll keep to myself for now until that broadcast on 9-3. But uh, he's, he's a man's man, um, looks you in the eye, shakes your hand, and I think he's a stud. And I will tell you, too. They hit on Kenyon Clay as well, and he's going to be a star. And that's where I think the depth of that running back room, because I think Frank Gore Jr. admittedly over the last couple of years has been really banged up as the season's gone along because of the workload that we've had to have from Frank just due to the lack of production from everyone else. Frank Gore Jr. is going to be a better running back because our running back group is better period. Like it's just going to be better coming behind him. And and I say that with full 100% confidence that these, these running backs will be better. Like I, I, I don't know. I feel I've just covered this too long. When, when you find a kid like a, like a Janari Dean and you watch him have some success as a, as a broadcaster, sometimes you can, you can lead there and say, yeah, they, they, they got him one with that one. And uh, I was talking with Todd McCall. He's got a mutual friend at Mississippi state. And when Janari Dean transferred here, they they called him and said, you got the unicorn off our football team. You got an absolute stud of a human and a stud of a football player. He's going to make Golden Eagle fans really happy. And so I would echo that sentiment. 
how many of those guys practice with the Superbacks? Are you trying to get me fired, Pump? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, you know, Willis is a Superback. You know, Pittman is yeah. a Superback. Yeah, I think Rambo is kind of lead Superback. Yeah, and, and I'm really interested. Obviously, I mean, it's no secret. Will Hall has said that they're gonna, they're gonna, you're gonna see the Superback. I just don't know how much. Um, I, I just don't know what we'll see of it. it. It's probably one of my bigger questions. I can't wait to find out on nine three. Um, obviously they're practicing it. Will, Willis is the guy that to me is really dynamic. And then don't forget Chandler Pittman was a quarterback in high school as well. Um, so, and, and if you go back to that Alabama game, Chandler Pittman was having some runs and some moves uh, against a pretty salty defense. And, uh, but to answer to answer your question, a lot of them are back there at Superbacks. A lot of them. <laughs> hey, and Chandler, you know, he was he had some inside runs in that spring game in the in the uh, game the other day. Um, looked to to be 100 percent in my eyes. Um, yeah, he's you know, he's back out. Yeah, I haven't mentioned him, and and you know, shame on me really because yeah, he he he's dynamic and he's got that little wiggle and burst to where. Man, you you slip up and mess around with him, and it's it ain't just a missed tackle; it's six points. And um, we lacked that last year, y'all know that, um, you know. And we lacked it because we lost him. And so now there's and, and Janari Dean's got that kind of speed too. Now he's he sort of has shown the ability to make make the defense pay when he gets second level as well. And um, in, in college football today, the ability to hit a home run from that running back position, I think. Utmost important um, for our success, I believe. Uh, Pittman scoring his first ever collegiate touchdown against Bama in Tuscaloosa as a true freshman. What I mean, less than four or five games into the season is a pretty strong statement. Uh, I, uh, I hated when he went down with an injury, but I'm really excited to see what he can do. You've got the wide receiver. You mentioned the the wide receiver position as being another one to keep an eye out on with. Obviously, much stronger depth than we have had. You know, we, we talked about Caston, you know, and everybody knows that Brownlee is kind of the, well, I say he's a lead dog, but Caston's kind of giving him a run for his money. Talk a little bit about this receiving core and the, and the depth that we have and some of the players that we will see in action. I think one of the better, cooler stories that will get shared this season is the story of Brandon Hayes, who's in a competition. On the other receiver, on the out, I say the other receiver. He's the the far receiver away from Brownlee on the outside. He and Latrell Jones, they call him Frog, is a signee out mm-hmm. of Pearl River Community College. Um, he was Ty Keys's receiver at Taylorsville High School. Um, those two guys are in a position battle, and I think they'll they'll split a lot of reps if I have to predict at this moment. But Brandon Hayes is a guy that was really a kid, just like most 18, 19 year olds are probably maybe took for granted a little bit, the opportunity that he was being given as a wide receiver at Southern Miss. And um, there was a great story written about him already this summer. And it's been given to me as well. The maturity level of Brandon Hayes um, is, is going to benefit this offense. He's grown up. He went and took a student coaching position back at his high school at Oak Grove. And he said, it just kind of taught him a lot of you know, what impacts coaches can make on people's lives. And he said, you know, the the responsibility that was on my shoulders in speaking to these high school kids and understanding they're listening to me as a student coach sort of weighed heavy on him to come back and absorb everything that he was being coached 
from Desmond Lindsay and Will Hall. And so I thought that was uh, just a really significant quote. And he's a talented dude. I'm talking take the lid off a of defense, get vertical. I mean, he was our kick returner two years ago as a freshman at certain times. Uh, he's got that kind of playmaking type ability. Then some other guys, Zay Franks, who was Chandler Pittman's wide receiver in high school, has got a chance to be a star. He is behind Brownlee. And I think any time that you get a kid that gets to learn from a guy like a Jason Brownlee that's that sort of has been given um, the lead role in a leadership role, I just think it benefits a guy like Zay Franks. Um, and so I'm really excited. Uh, Antavius Willis, another guy. Um, one other name, too. I, I, I don't know this to be the truth. The guys may kill me whenever I show back up to practice for making a statement if they listen. <laughs> um, but Tyquelin Mims, I believe, is the fastest player on the team. He's a slot receiver out of Bay Manette, Alabama. Um, dynamic, dynamic guy with the football in his hands. And that's what I've seen from practice. And you can kind of tell when he touches the ball, when everybody kind of gets to that edge, like, hey, this guy's fixing to do something with it. So, and then, you know, the versatility of Chandler Pittman, he plays slot receiver as well, as we forementioned. And uh, Antavius Willis will step down there some. And, um, yeah, and then if you want to lump the tight ends in it, um, I think it's a tight end group that's going to make some impact. They've got a converted defensive lineman um, over to tight end named Mitchell Sellers. Uh, he's got an opportunity. And then Luke Baker is a freak of a kid in terms of athleticism. Um, that can make some plays. And and I think a tight end is, can be Tykes' best friend at times. A lot of the times they're big targets. Both of these guys are huge. Mitchell Sellers is six seven, um, So he's a big target. And I think those guys can aid in a young quarterback because a lot of the times you're in a, a settled-in zone where you know they're going to be open and you know they're checked down and you don't have to think. You just sort of look and react and make that throw, and those guys are going to catch it. And I think if we get that kind of play from our tight end play early, the guy that, that gains the most from that is Ty Keys. You know, last year, one of the one of our biggest holes – well, I say biggest holes. I mean, they're the biggest uh, uh, group on the team is the offensive line, but there, it appears <laughs> that we've made some strides. Um this offseason, definitely have a lot more depth. They they certainly looked the part the other day. What are your thoughts on the offensive line at Southern Miss? Well, I hate to put the pressure on a group, but I will. Um, it's it's on them, man. It's It's really is. Uh, I, I just think the success early in this season for this football team offensively is going to come from, from this group because I think if they can play well, um, the sky's the limit. Um, if they play poor, I, I think we'll struggle. And um, the one thing about them that I'm so impressed with, I actually I've never done this before, but I went to a practice about a week ago, maybe a little longer than a week ago. And I literally watched the entire practice from the position group of the offensive line. I just stayed with Sam Gregg. I was so intrigued, um, number one, with his uh, uh, teaching ability of the position that I've never really been around a guy. Most offensive line guys are zero to a hundred. I mean, like they can be calm one minute and then just a raging bull in a China shop the next. And a lot of the times for me as a, as a broadcaster, and when I was a sideline reporter, that's hard to learn from because they're, you know, they're calm one minute and then screaming the next and it's hard to interpret. Sam, Sam Craig's not, he's intense. Don't get me wrong, but he's not quite 
like that. He's very much like a student of the game. Will Hall told me a great story. His dad was the greatest teacher he ever had. Sam Gregg's father was uh, at Amory High School. And so I watched Sam Gregg work this offensive line and, and teach them things that I've been around collegiate football for a while, things that I never picked up on and, and little intricacies. And I'll give you one. He was working with Gert Kwan Sakat, who was a guard in a drill. And he was all about the hand placement angle of Gerquan Scott when extending to a linebacker. And Gerquan was putting his hand on the linebacker as he was running through this drill in a certain way with fingers up. And he wanted him to put it with his thumb up. And he explained why. And it, there's more force in your hand when you're when you're attacking that linebacker than if your fingers are up and you stand a chance for him to just push against your fingers and rub off of you. And um, I actually had sent a text to Will all that night after practice and just said, man, like from an offensive line position, I said, I don't know that it will translate in terms of performance on the field. But what I do know, and I, I will say this with 100 percent conviction, those guys are going to be coached up and coached up well, um, minute detail type stuff from Sam Gregg. And so that gives me some encouragement. There's been moments in practice that I've seen them and I thought eh, they look improved. And then there's been moments that I've, I've seen last year's weakness as well. And maybe some of that is the defensive line and the improvement of the defense. Maybe some of it's still a little bit lingering from from a year ago. I, you know, only only time's going to tell that for us. Switch it over to defense. You know, obviously uh, the Braves was on the team last year and it, it appears that we've got much more depth up front. Uh on the defensive line that we've had than we had last year? I think it's the most improved position on the team, Jamie. Um, I told some guys in my office today, if you made me pick a position group and say, this group 100% is going to play at a high level from game one to game 12. If you made me do that, I would tell you the defensive line will be that group. They will have the most consistent play. They've been that way in camp. Um, I think they have hit on some absolute stars. Quentin Bivens, a transfer out of Ole Miss, Jalen Williams, a transfer out of Arkansas, Armandus Cooley out of Mississippi State is really, really good. Uh, then you've got a Broderius Lewis and Josh Ratcliffe, who was on our team a year ago, is a guy that has been almost unblockable at times in drills. Um, and, and I would tell you there, I was at their first practice and I've been to a handful of them now. I would tell you their play. Their level of play has not dipped. It has just been a steady incline. You can just see the talent, and um, I think it's your safest bet. If you're looking for a position group that you think you can hang your hats on, um, that's that's the group for me. If you made me push my money into their their corner, that's that's where I'm going with it right now. Is I just think that group's got the chance to play consistently at a high level all year. And you said it earlier, Jamie, you know, or bump one of you guys that said this is what you're looking for, pass rush. Um, I think they're going to be, you know, pass rush guys, and I think they've got a chance to be really, really strong against the run. <laughs> the very first game, the Austin Armstrong versus Hugh Freeze, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big one for me. You know, the kid versus, I mean, that's, we've got a good one. And I think they've got a good offense. And I, I know we're not previewing the game right now, but <clears> – <throat> They don't have Malik Willis anymore. 
Uh, be I, careful how many times you say the head coach of Liberty's name out loud. He's liable to pop up in your DMs. <laughs> well, there's no hospital beds here. So. Yeah, he's been in our DMs. So I'm not going to I'm going to beetle juice my way through the next couple of weeks. Yep. Um, <laughs> and you actually mentioned Liberty. I was going to touch on this in a little bit, but they, they named their starting quarterback today. Um, his name is Charlie Brewer. He is a transfer from Baylor and Utah, four-year starter at Baylor, um, passed for what over 9,700 yards, 65 TD passes, 65% uh, 64% click uh, completion percentage. So it's it's not like they just they replaced him with another guy on the depth chart. They went to they went and got a, a really solid quarterback, obviously more of a passer than than Willis was, but so his impact remains to be seen. But definitely definitely dangerous, I would imagine. Yeah, he's still no Malik Willis. I mean, this guy. I mean, y'all remember him, right? I mean, this. Oh yeah, absolutely. He, he, I mean, like Malik is kind of what Ty Keys can be. Um, who we all hope that Ty Keys is like that this year, next year, and the following year. Um, because he was just, you know, when he was on, he was unstoppable. So he'll probably play in the NFL this season. So I, you know, I hadn't seen the new guy play, uh, but there's no way in hell he's anything like Malik Willis. So. I'll take my chances with with uh, Austin Armstrong for sure. Let's let's lump the the Jack in with the linebackers. Um, you know, and this is a a group that lost Hayes Maples before the season has even started. Um, so speak a little bit about uh, you know your your I guess your three linebacker positions if you count the Jack as well. I'm really encouraged despite the loss of Hayes Maples. Um, they've hit on Dalen Gill. Um, he's a guy, a transfer out of Ole Miss, played at uh, Louisville High School. Um, he's a thumper. He has worked his way into the starting role. Central Latham has been banged up a little bit. And so we'll see when the depth chart comes out next week um, where all those guys sort of line up in terms of, of number of reps set to get. But I will assure you, Dalen Gill is going to get his share. Swayze Bozeman has looked the part um, in fall camp. He kind of looks like the Swayze Bozeman that we saw two years ago. And uh, kind of healthy and, and just really does um, looks the part. And then from the Jack position, I like a guy. Uh, Jaleel Clemens is a Jack backer out of Memphis, out of Starkville, Mississippi. Uh, he has got some real pass rushing ability, and he's a bigger guy. He's 6'3", 240 in that position. Um, kind of an impactful player, if you will, that will – uh, create turnovers. I've seen him have several of those um, throughout fall camp. And so, yeah. And then Avery Hobbes returns at the Jack as well. And, uh, you know, this team, this team's got a unique mix of some really seasoned um, guys and veteran guys. Hobbes got married over the summer. And matter of fact, his wife is currently in dental school at Marquette. Um, and so they're, they're kind of navigating this phase and season of life you know, as, as young, mature adults. And so there's something to be said for that, for a guy that, that can navigate his life away from the football field and still compete on the football field. And so Avery Havas is poised to have a big year too uh, from that Jack position. You, you mentioned Swayze Bozeman. What issues have you seen in his, his lineage and family tree? Like there's gotta be something. <laughs> None. Every, every, every person that I ever have known that speaks about Swayze Bozeman is just as upstanding as they come, man. 
Well, he looks exactly like his father, and uh, his grandmother was coming through town a couple of weeks ago uh, from visiting some family or friends in Virginia and stopped by and hung out with me for a little while, and we talked about it. So I have to report to May Bozeman uh, when we are coming down, because if I don't let her know, I will be in trouble. I'm, I met her at the uh, at the FAU game a few years ago down in That's the right. Zone. Yeah. She's awesome, man. She's Yeah. So – my grandmother had a boatload of sisters, uh, and uh, so uh, Swayze's uh, grandmother is my great aunt, but I was the oldest great grandchild in the family, so I grew up with the great aunts being more like aunt relationships to me, and uh, I was always really close with, with my aunt May, uh, Swayze's grandmother, and she's a sweetheart of a lady. Uh, she's a whole lot of fun, and uh, that, that whole side of the family are good folks. I'm excited about the secondary, uh, Jason Baker. I mean, you, you've got a lot of guys that are coming back, but you've got some some newer young guys or new additions to the team, like a Tylen Knight, you know, a guy like a, a Jay Jones that's been on the roster that's you know kind of making his way into the depth chart. What are your thoughts on this Southern Miss secondary? I'm, I'm encouraged, like you, Jamie. I think you're seeing what I've seen. If uh, if you came and watched, they're they're very. Um, ball hawk friendly they're going to be around the football um secondary guys are easy to read in my opinion um really good ones know know how good they are and you got to have a swag you got to have a confidence level that is off the charts to go play cornerback in in free safety in the world of college football today because the game puts you in such space i would tell you this is a group that is swagged out if i can use that term uh, to the umpteenth degree, and um, and rightfully so. Uh, I think they're they're very opportunistic. Eric Scott Jr. Will Hall made a comment. People saw it earlier this fall camp. Look, he's a, a guy that NFL guys know who he is. Um, I like Lacavius Daniel. I think he is a guy who can find his way to the football. Jay Stanley, I think, had one or two picks down the stretch last season. I know he had a pick. I believe in the FIU game, if that's correct, I think at, at the end. So um, that's a guy that you're going to see. And then, of course, look, the leading tackler on this team from a year ago is in that group in Malik Shorts. You don't want your safety to be that. But the fact of it is, in Austin's scheme, Malik just gets those opportunities, or at least he did last year, and he made the most of them. And so when you return that uh, in the secondary, then you pitch it against – you've got a Cam Burrell back there as well. Um, man, there's a lot of guys. Michael Caraway Jr. is a junior college signee out of Pro River Community College. He has got a pro type frame uh, as a cornerback. I mean, I love his body. And so, yeah, I'm, I am too, Jamie. I, you know, they have the most upside, in my opinion. They, they have the, maybe, well, maybe not besides the O line. I think the O line's got the most potential. But this secondary, because I think people sort of, the misnomer against last year's team, the mislabel of last year's team is that we we didn't execute all the time defensively. But I think if you go look and I'm, I'm doing my research now, getting ready for September 3rd, I can't wait to see the stat of how much more this defense was on the field than the offense a year ago and how how fatigued they were late in ball games when people hit us over the top and hit the big play. Um, and so to me, you know, if and, and these are big ifs, right? These are the question marks that everybody that's buying a ticket to come watch us play against Liberty on, on that Saturday night want to see. 
if we can run the ball and sustain drives and keep that defense fresh, how much better will our defense be and how much better will our secondary be? And, um, you know, from what I've seen, Brandon Tolles is another one. I'm having to look down here at my roster. Brandon Tolles is another guy that's going to play a lot of football for us in the secondary. And then Tylen Knight, I will, I will share y'all this story just because I love you guys so much. The last time I covered Tylen Knight or saw Tylen Knight play with my own eyes was in his senior year in a state championship game. He was the best player on the field that night in uh, uh, Starkville, Mississippi. The other player on that field that night that he was working against is now the starting running back for the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, Cam Akers. And I will stand on my grave and tell you, Tyler Knight was the best football player on that field that night. Not even close. Cam Akers had no answer for where Tyler Knight was on that field. Knight played. I don't know what linebacker position for for Pearl High School, but he was within their linebacking core. And when I tell you everywhere Cam Akers went, Tyler Knight was there. And, man, he he gives me chills because I've watched him do some stuff already in practice and in camp that I think are going to get this crowd on their feet. And I think he's going to make plays, impactful plays, game-changing type plays, knocking balls loose. Um, that's the kind of player he is. If I could link him to someone for people that haven't seen him play yet, I think he's going to be a Tyron Matthew, the defensive back now for the New Orleans hmm. Saints, kind of all over the field from what I can tell. He's, you know, he's not really a nickel back, not really a safety, not really a corner, not really a linebacker, but he's like all of those. And that's what I see Austin Armstrong doing right now with Tylen Knight. And, you know, I think it's going to cause some offenses to try to pay attention where he's at and maybe give up some protection somewhere else that a, a guy like a Jaleel Clemens may come and make a play or, you know, one of the defensive tackles gets, you know, single blocked and gets off of it and makes a sack. And it could be the Tylen Knight effect um, just from them paying attention to him. Because if you don't pay attention, he's a crafty enough player and he's a good enough player that if he gets back there, he's going to sack you and, and you're going to lose the football and he knows what to do with it too. And I've seen him, Boy, him and Ty Keys have played some really fun games and some fun matches so far in fall camp. And if you're sacking Ty Keys, you're 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 doing something. Um, Tyler Knight's that kind of guy. I, I just, yeah. When when he came here and transferred here, I, I immediately went back to that Friday night and the that was the five A state championship game, I think, or six A maybe six A. And um, yeah, I went back to that night and remembered and just thought, man, what a football player he was. You know, on special teams, we've got both, you know, Mason Hunt and Briggs, Briggs Bourgeois back. Any Anybody challenging them at the punter kicker spot? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, the, specialists, the specialists get no love tonight. No, no, no the specialists do get a lot of love, man. What a what a Twitter follow they are, fellas, right? Like, yeah. um, matter of fact, I had a 25-minute conversation at practice the other day with Trey Bear about this wiffle ball facility that they have crafted in their backyard of the uh, specialist uh, Hacienda. And so, <laughs> no, this this group, they, yeah, they get the love, but, yeah, nobody's challenging those two guys. Hunt's too good. Uh, Briggs Bourgeois has accomplished this offseason what I set out to do and unfortunately didn't, but he dropped 25 pounds. Um, <laughs> and so Briggs is much, uh, much leaner and um, is in the best shape of his career 
uh, told me the other day he feels like he's um, as fresh and as ready as he's ever been for a season of, of college football. And uh, look, I, I think he's got a lot of potential in his leg too to, um, yeah, make make some impacts. That guy was look, he missed I think one or two field goals from forty plus last year. Um, missed one from uh, fifty. I mean, there's there's some reach out there for us, and a good kicker can be can be a weapon in college football. I think. That brings us to Saturday, September the 3rd, Southern Miss hosting the Liberty Flames at the Rock, 6 p.m. It was just announced today that the Molly Ringwalds, uh, one of the uh, favorite regional cover bands, will be playing at Spirit Park. At, oh, I, I've got a great Molly Ringwald story. I don't know if I'll tell it on this show or not. But, um, <laughs> uh, Isn't that one of Marchant's favorite bands? That is one of Marchant's favorite bands. I went to that concert. They're unbelievable. They Shane, play. They are fun. I've yeah. seen them. They played after. So we, I, I, well, I was with Kyle Kinane at Brewski's. They played after us. So me and Kinane stayed and watched the show, and it was bananas. But anyways, what Molly a, Ringwald. What a crazy person to stay and watch that show with. <laughs> he loved it. He, he loved absolutely. It. He absolutely <laughs> loved. Uh, I don't know the bass player, maybe the um, the dude that's dressed like D. Snyder. That was yeah, like oh, yeah. he just watched that dude. He loved that dude, but. That guy sings Material Girl, too. So, <laughs> But they're playing at Spirit Park for this game at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. The Ringwalds are going to be huh. at Spirit Park uh, then before the game at 6 p.m. Now, another interesting Liberty tidbit. Uh, I see the line is back down to Liberty is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Deserved. Uh, a few days ago, they got up to a four-point favorite. Now they're back down to a three-and-a-half. So I don't know what's changed. Maybe it was the it was the chatter about when Brantley was out, and now that it looks like he's his return is imminent. Um, but yeah, a little a little quick off the wall line movement last week. So um, Brownlee at the uh, at the game the other day, no crutches, no rap. Didn't play, but no crutches, no rap. So. Jason Brownlee will play nine three. Y'all can y'all can rest. He's, <laughs> he will he will be in uniform on September third. What are, what are your thoughts on this Liberty game? Have you been looking? I mean, you don't have to you don't have to like you know show your hand or anything. But what are, what are your thoughts on this Southern Miss Liberty matchup September third? Uh, don't sandbag on this, babe. You got plenty of on-air really, material. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to. No, I'm. I was really intrigued. They they said they were in a quarterback battle. I felt they were going to announce Brewer the entire time. He didn't transfer there to to be the backup. Um, they're going to go as he goes. And I know what Bump said, you know, earlier, he's not Malik Willis. Um, no, he's not. But he was in the Big 12 title game two years ago. So uh, you you take the Baylor Bears to a Big 12 title game and um, he's he's going to have some some ability there. Now, he may not have quite the talent and arms and uh, people around him or, or tools, if you will, that, that maybe he had at Baylor. But, yeah, and look, you know, whatever jokes we got for Hugh Freeze, that man can coach football, right? He has won everywhere he's went, um, and he's winning there. Um, and, you know, it's probably not going to be long before somebody else tries to swoop in, write him a check, and get him out of there. And Probably um, Tampa. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> sir. That's a good spot for him. Well, this is a big game for him. I mean, this is, you know, he went to Southern Miss. He met his wife at the BCU, a BSU. I don't know who else he met there, but he definitely met his wife there. So. That's right. 
gosh, I'm mighty, so I knew there's, there's no comedians. It's always there's always no good. love. No love good. with sleazy freeze here. <laughs> Especially because no. it's been in each one of our DMs on Twitter. <laughs> but no, I uh I anticipate them to be a, a a good opponent. I think it's a great test early. They're beatable. Um they lost a lot interior uh, on the interior of their defensive line and their middle linebacker from a year ago. So they're a little weak in the middle of the defense, maybe in terms of just they're replacing them with new guys and you just don't ever know. Maybe they're stronger than they were a year ago. Time will tell. Um, but they weren't the steel curtain, but they were a defense uh, that could could cover you pass defense wise. I think they were one of the top five secondaries in the country in terms of passing yards against. Um, so they'll bring that back. They return a lot of guys in the secondary there. But I just think for them and, and maybe much like the Golden Eagles, you know, their quarterback is going to be their driving factor in how well they play in Hattiesburg. And that'll be Charlie Brewer. Um, I, I don't think the scene will be too big. And, um, you know, but obviously having to learn a new system and, and everything else and their adjustment. I do agree, you know, somewhat with Bump. No, he's not Malik Willis, and he's not going to be Malik Willis, and he's nowhere near that kind of impactful player like a Malik Willis. That was a generational-type talent for them. Um, but I am a little heightened that this guy – he's got over – Charlie Brewer has over 11,000 yards gained in college football when you combine his rushing stats with his throwing stats. And so – uh, he's sort of a wily veteran and look, man, this is, you know, this is college athletics today. Like what the heck is this kid doing at Liberty? But, you know, he gets the, the free ability to transfer and obviously Hugh Freeze is well known in, in the quarterback world that, that quarterbacks have a lot of success in his systems. And so, you know, Charlie Brewer made no bones about it. He's at Liberty because of Hugh Freeze. And so, and, and I guess we're the guys that get the facing first. And so, that's where we're at right now. I don't know much on their defense. Um, they they haven't released their depth chart publicly yet. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of waiting on the new guys who they're going to plug and play and see where they're at and, and see what kind of team they have this year. They were, they were very streaky uh, a year ago. They played moments where they were as hot and uh, as good as anybody offensively in the entire country. And then they had some some head scratchers from a year ago. I appreciate the insights. Uh, Do you think the uh, quarterback transfer to Liberty heard that the Falwells were looking for a new pool boy? Where <laughs> <laughs> the whiskey is kicked out. We're not. We're not trying to get you kicked off ESPN Plus. We promise. <laughs> uh, I, I, we have said nothing outright. Just thinly veiled shots at certain people. Are they? Is it true that they're changing their mascot from the Flames to the Gemstones? <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I would Praise actually be to heat. <laughs> uh, so a couple of other Southern Miss things to touch on real quick. The Eagle Club right now, a hundredth away from the all-time Eagle Club record. So if you haven't donated yet, or if you'd like to donate just a little bit more to help us get over the mark, uh, reach out to your Eagle Club representative. Also this week, and we'll touch on this another week. To the top 25 campaign was announced, which was a, a, a 25 strategic initiatives that we plan to have completed before the end of the 2025 calendar year. So 
Um, we'll, we'll get into that at some point, but that that is up on the website if you want to go check that out. Shane, do you have any updates you would like to share with the group? Uh, yeah, we do have a little bit of fall action that uh, has just started and some more that is just on the horizon. Not going to get crazy busy like the spring here for a little while, but women's soccer just wrapped up their exhibition matches and then finished their first uh regular season match this past week did very well in their exhibition matches leading up to the season. Uh, the bested Pearl river community college seven to nothing on August the 5th, William Carey two to one on the 15th and Mississippi Gulf coast community college nine to nothing on the 18th, but that nine to nothing win over Mississippi Gulf coast community college, uh, turned out to be some really bad karma because that's the exact score that they dropped their opening match of the season at Auburn, on Sunday the 21st. So uh, not a whole lot to be said about a nine to nothing loss, but it's the first match of the season. Uh, the last two seasons for Lady Eagles soccer have been impressive. I don't see the season going anywhere but up from here. So uh, they will get their chance Thursday the 25th at Bama and then Sunday the 28th at uh, versus Mississippi Valley State University in Hattiesburg. Women's volleyball is not in action yet, but they do open up this weekend at the Crimson Tide Invitational in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Friday, uh, uh, August, that uh, the 8 is August, not October. Uh, August the 26th, they play UTSA at 10 o'clock and then McNeese State at 3.30. And then follow that up with a single match against Bama at 3 o'clock on Saturday the 27th. Uh, not really uh, pertinent schedule news, but just to touch on it, just because we're, we're just now coming back and haven't discussed it, softball has a new coach uh, after uh, what uh, most of us saw as an unexpected step down in the summer. But Natalie Poole uh, is now the head coach of the softball program. She spent the last 11 years at Memphis. Uh, prior to that, she started off with seven seasons at Georgia Southern and then three at her alma mater of McNeese State, which she has holds a Ph.D. from. So Dr. Natalie Poole put some respect on that name. Uh, she was named the Southland Conference Coach of the Year in 2009 and the SoCon Conference Coach of the Year in 2002. But uh, new leadership at the helm of the softball program. Be interested to see what Dr. Poole can accomplish over there on 4th Street. Thank you very much. Uh, let's get into some shout outs. Jason, lead the way. You have any shout outs this week? Uh, you know, we saw everybody uh, that we know uh, this past weekend at the um, fanfare thing. But Big John Smith, uh, Attack Eagle, David Valentine, uh, Eddie, I ran into Eddie, uh, maybe on the way. I think baby number three. So congrats to the Brescia family. And uh, I want to give a shout out to my wife. Uh, if you guys don't know by now. She sells houses. Give her a call. We've given her number out like twice already. <laughs> 601-408-9980. It's like the new lead code number, dude. It's going to be like the 1-800-530-7665. What was the other one? What was the Hattiesburg? The, uh, dude, the Katie Case Bailey Shuffle. Oh. <laughs> what was the uh, AJ's? A&J. Yeah, A&J. A&J. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, yeah, I just wanted to give those shout. Oh, and uh, Dan O'Brien, safeties coach, been been under the weather for a little bit. So I think Dan's getting ready to come back, and we need him. So uh, those are my shout-outs. D.O.B. Shane, what about you? Um, I will give a shout-out since we were talking about the fam earlier to Harvey and Gina Bozeman. Uh, that is 
Swayze's parents and um, Harvey's mother, May Bozeman, who uh, is my great aunt, who I got to visit with recently. So we heard to the Bozeman clan. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I give a shout. I gotta give another shout out to John Smith. Good catching up with him this past weekend. I could name everybody, but they're gonna get a shout out each and every home game this year. Uh, I do want to shout out the Busby family. Set they allowed us to sit at their table at the uh, upstairs at the um, fan fest the other day. So good catching up with them. I was in uh, his brother's wedding. So small small world there. Um, also have to give a, a big shout out to Jason Baker. Appreciate you coming on the show. Very very Bake. insightful. Uh, Bake. Do you have any shout outs and do you have any, any thoughts for the Southern Miss fans out there? Yeah. Uh, so first shout out, I've got to give number one, Mitchell Williams, the chaplain for this team. If you get an opportunity, many of us know him and remember him as his times as a, a news reporter and sports reporter for WDAM. But, uh, when I tell you the impact that he's making within our football program, um, it needs to be noted. Like this guy, man, the kids love him. Uh, he's at every practice and just he's got such an awesome energy about himself. Him and our strength and conditioning coach, Lance Ancar, those two guys have really developed into some close friends of mine that um, I've just really grown to, to admire the job that they do each and every day of setting the tone and culture. Football games aren't one with culture, but men are. And I think what you're going to see through the Southern Miss football program is the culture eventually will will develop into some wins. And for the Southern Miss fans, yeah, I, I hope you guys stick around. Um, I'm not at liberty, no pun intended, to announce <laughs> yet um, who my color analyst will be in the booth this year. But uh, you guys will uh, love him. Um, and uh, you're so gonna it's a him. Yeah, you're going to be absolutely fired up uh to to have this guy back around Southern Miss football and talk Southern Miss football and uh this guy's been coaching some quarterbacks in the NFL and uh he he's a smart dude and so uh we're gonna have a lot of fun in that booth this year and so I hope uh you guys as we kick off a new athletic season um I hope you guys will enjoy the product and uh I, I would put our ESPN plus product up against any of our conference mates or anybody up in uh, really in the southeast or in the country that I've watched. Um, we've got a great producer named Lee Field, and uh, if you run into that guy on campus, you thank him because that dude spent some hours making sure our product um, is top notch, and I'm pretty proud of it. And um, I hope I hope other Golden Eagle fans are too. And uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoy the show on uh, nine three. And um, as always, I appreciate you fellas. Y'all have become dear friends, and I uh, love our time together, the laughs, and. Uh, certainly some of the quick quips that uh, you guys are, are pretty good at making sure I don't comment on those. Uh, always do. <laughs> you're the you're, best, Bake. You're a true professional yeah, in every sense of the word. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so well, we do these at eight o'clock on a Monday night, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, thank you guys for listening to To the Top Talk presented by Katie Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate. 601-408-9980. Something to show, something to list and something to sell. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh, and, and also, too, you want to sponsor the show, go to tothetoptalk.com. Actually, tothetoptalk.com has links to all of the ways that you can listen to the show. It's got a link to our T-shirt site. It's got a link where you can sponsor an episode of the show. So the website is is now official, tothetoptalk.com. Go check it out. Also, TeePublic, the link is on tothetoptalk.com as well. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the Top Talk.
I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state 